My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. So despite being instantly unemployable, Elle, you know, due to the disability disability that you went through, I mean, you followed that old saying, do what you love and the money will flow, follow and flow. How did you make this possible? You know, um, so being injured and uh, at the age of 22 and having a hand disability, which I still have, um, you're locked out of 99.9% of every single job. There's not one job anyone listening can think of that doesn't require eight plus hours a day of hand use. I can't work at a Starbucks. I can't work at a grocery store. I can't be a waiter, right? So what are those jobs? Voiceover, acting, newscaster, translator, right? These kind of things. Now, when I was disabled in, I'm 49 years old now, when I was disabled in like 1990, you know, seven, um, there was no YouTube. There were no podcasts. There was nothing. There wasn't even MySpace. So it's not like you could just go, I'm going to go make something of myself and create a website. Just wasn't happening. So the first order of business there was like, well, I guess I have to go get classically trained to be an actor, use my voice. Like I have only have my voice, right? So again, I just put one foot in front of the other. And then as time went by, things, you know, changed in the world. And then podcasts came out. Um, it's a really difficult place to suddenly be different than everyone else and worry about how you're going to support yourself and only have your mouth, you know? And so anyway, I had gone through after that in life. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to go. I thought I'll just be an actor. And I have, I've been on TV and film and all that stuff. But then as time went by, um, I was hanging out with my friends at the comedy theater. And I thought, you know, we're writing these like two, three page sketches for our sketch shows. Uh, Maybe we should blow this up. Maybe we should write a screenplay. Let's write a pilot episode for a sitcom. So we did that. And then like that just kept going. And the next thing you know, someone asked me to write a documentary and I got a thyroid problem and I fixed it myself. Uh, Despite being in Los Angeles with the best doctors, I was basically left in the dust by the medical community. They had no idea what they're talking about. And I didn't realize at the time that, you know, 99% of the doctors in this situation are really uninformed. And so I had to actually doctor myself back to health. And so When it came time, and I never thought about writing a book at the time about it. I was just helping people or I'd hear someone talk about thyroid and I go, oh, you got to get this tested or you have to do that. And it wasn't really until I met my mentor of the past 10 years, Mark Sisson, who is a famous, like he created the Primal Blueprint. He's the CEO of Primal Kitchen Foods. And at the time um, I was working for him a little bit. And then he's like, hey, I'm starting a publishing company. And I said, you know, I have a really good idea for a book. Right. And then as his company grew, he had a podcast and he said, I I don't have the time. Do you want to host it? So he basically gave me a platform and a voice to start doing the podcasting with. And I did that all the way through Kraft Heinz bought the company a couple of years ago. And then I decided to start my own. So when Mark Sisson had his first podcast, the Primal Blueprint podcast, which went on for about seven, eight years, maybe they had about 200,000 downloads total when it started. And then we got it to about 20 million. Incredible. I mean, tell me what it was like. First off, before we dive into the podcast, like that's huge, getting to 20 million downloads. I mean, since you you dove into it and took over, like that's huge. 
but what was it like that pivot for you at 22 years old? I mean, you were super successful at that young age as you are now, as you are now, like, but you went from, you know, you were already on track to achieve this as a top recruiter at a technology consulting firm. I mean, you generated over 2 million in revenue, managing over a hundred consultants throughout the state of California for major clients such as Charles Schwab, that kind of thing. So what was it like for you when you had to make that huge pivot in your life? I mean, you touched on, you know, all the thoughts that are going through your head, but what do you well, want to dive the, in here, deeper? Yeah. Here's the, here's the biggest, like, uh, F you from the universe lesson, which is this, the reason, okay. I, I, and I did a whole episode, a solo episode in my past called uh, my podcast called backup plans. Okay. So people should listen to that, but here's the thing. I had the best backup plan. When I graduated from college, even during college, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to get into law school. Then I'm going to go to be a lawyer and I'm going to make partner. This is a secure way. I can be financially independent. I want, like, I know this route, like, you know, the benchmarks, right? You know what you can do. And so I planned everything in college around applying to law schools. Like I was on student government. I was the head of the speech and debate team. I, I co-chaired my resume for this wonderful backup plan. The best backup plan you could have, right? While I was waiting for law schools to like, let me know whether I was in or not, I got lucky and was like the seventh person hired. This is the second time this has happened to me at a very fast growing company. That's why they kept promoting me. And I was extremely young with making so much money and doing all of this stuff. And then I got my hands injured. So you know what? You make plans. God laughs. That's a, yeah, God, whatever universe you, I'm not a religious person, but that's a, that's a quote that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Even though that was depressing, oh my God, now I'm down to no money. I was making six figures. How am I going to support myself? Okay, that's all frightening. Yes, but when I look back, best thing that happened to me, and when I talk about in my second book, Confident as Fuck, is that a lot of the gifts in life come wrapped in shit, okay? They just do. You got to give it a minute because now I can tell you that the best things that happened to me in my freaking life are the two things that suck. Getting hypothyroidism, wrote a best-selling book about it, and also going through the disability thing and actually being able to make something of myself and also speak about it. You know, the shame of disability. I struggled for 20 years hiding it. There's a lot of things wrapped in, you know, cause you're, I'm an alpha female. Oh, I don't want to, don't want to seem weak and all of this kind of stuff. So the personal growth that I had to go through and then to be able to inspire others, whether it's through helping them with your thyroid health and getting better and finally not being sick anymore, or whether it's helping people with confidence step up, the unknown is where it's at, man. And that's the scary unknown, but those are where the, all the possibilities are. So, you know, there's these people out there that are like, oh, I don't, you know, I mean, only 5% of people make it. So, and you know what? I, I have a thing in my book. It's based on a Finnish uh, composer who said, no one ever uh, built a statue to a critic. And I changed it to, no one ever built a statue to a skeptic. You've never seen a statue in a park and the plaque read, this guy challenged all the things that were possible, never believed in anything anyone did. No, we erect statues to the people that are defying what we thought wasn't possible and did, right? So... I had to just give up this backup plan, this safe thing. You know, I I would have been retired at age 35 with five Porsches in my driveway. But I can tell you right now, being 49, the people that my, are my age that did the backup plan, they're sitting here now going, what's my life about? What right. am I What am I doing? What What's my purpose? I've been working at this bullshit corporate job for, and I can tell you I would be there too. I'd have a lot of money right? But I'd be unfulfilled. And so I'm so grateful for the terrible situation. 
Do you know what I mean? Um, and it they're just, so it, defining, right? Like, honestly, these, these horrible things that can happen to us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's how do you go about these challenges? I mean, they, those are really what define you and, and honestly can bring out your biggest purpose. And yes. And it did. It gave it gave me a life, a job, everything else. I mean, when I p- pitched to Mark Sisson when I was doing his podcast, I said, "Hey, you got a publishing company? I have an idea for a thyroid book." He said, "I've been wanting to publish a thyroid book," and you know, just so synergistic. And honestly, to be able to, it even brings me to tears sometimes because the suffering that I endured through hypothyroidism, I was undiagnosed and suffered for seven years of my thirties that I can't get back. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and to be able to shorten the journey of sickness to health for people is the greatest gift ever. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I never, I'm always reminded because when I speak with clients around the world or people who are in my thyroid course, you know, you hear them being like, I heard you talk on an interview and I'm crying right now because you're speaking the things that I was feeling. And, you know, I wish I had me. I kind of had a mini me a little bit, another thyroid author out there who helped me named Janie Bothorpe. But in general, like I wish I had me. So that's why I'm out there doing this. Now, on the other end of doing what you love and the money will follow, um, it sounds so cliche, but it's just been really true for me. I did so many things along the way that never paid me a dime. Let me tell you something. No one ever pays you to write a book. They really don't. They don't mm-hmm. you gotta write it on your own. No one pays you to write a sitcom script. You got to write it first, sell it on spec. No one just goes, oh, we're going to pay you. You have to do work. You're not even getting paid for first. And if you're not willing to do that, you're not even passionate about the thing. Right. Because when we were writing those free scripts, let's say, right, which honed my skill as a writer. And I teach a writing course also uh, every once in a while, I teach a course called knock it out, get it done. And I mentor other writers. I would, the way I developed my skills as a writer was because we were so passionate about comedy and sitcoms and writing. So we just did it. We didn't go, well, no one's paying us. We don't have a deal at Paramount Studios. We did it. So if you keep doing the things you're passionate about, eventually they lead somewhere to the money. They do. Incredible. Thank you so much for diving in deeper, Elle. Now back to, you know, having the, uh, being on the podcast in seven years, which led to 20 million downloads. I mean, that's what 30, 30 to 40 K each episode. Let's talk about that. So, you know, uh, luckily we had the platform of the primal blueprint and, you know, Mark Sisson's like career uh, as a bestselling author for people to come in. What I think it was, it was pretty dude heavy. It was he and another guy, Brad Kearns, who are New York times, bestselling authors. And then, so to have me sort of like the woman voice on the podcast. Now, look, I will say this. And this is not a cocky thing. Um, it's just a confidence thing. I'm really good at it. You know, some people aren't good at it. I've interviewed people that bore me to fucking tears and I'm I'm like struggling. I've also been a speaker waiting for the other speaker to finish and they've put people to sleep yet they're a New York Times bestselling author. Okay, so, you know, you have, what I notice with podcasters is asking very, a lot of base questions. You got to get in mm-hmm. there. You got to get specific examples. If you're listening to someone and they're interviewing you and they say something that you're thinking, well, I wonder if ask it because the rest of the audience is. And so right. I think people loved that. I mean, you know, I, and this goes to when I was doing sketch comedy and improv and trying to pursue acting for my voice, cause there was no podcast. And I was like, I don't know, I got to get a job in Hollywood or something. Um, I mean, all of that performance, I did over a hundred sketch comedy shows and improv shows that 
helps with all of this. There is nothing that I can be caught off guard with. Do you know what I mean? On a podcast or I'm not nervous. I don't feel at all like, oh, I hope I, you know what I mean? Because I'm used to public speaking and performing. So I do suggest it for everybody. You know, if you, if you want to do this, um, not everybody should, you know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. I remember someone came to me once and, you know, I'm a coach and someone came to me and they go, Hey, uh, do you think I would be a good coach? And I said, the fact that you asked me that question means no. Yeah. Not right now. No, because you wouldn't be asking that because you'd be confident enough in the fact that you are, you know, and the question would be like, I think I'm really good at this. Like, what, you know, what do you, you know, instead it was like, do you think I'd be good at it? It's like, if you're mm, asking the without question, the confidence, right. So, you know, this is all about confidence, including interview people. And also how do you think you get people on your show? You have to be confident, you know, um, I remember a PR agent, I was talking to a PR agent and they were like, Hey, you know, we can get you like a blurb in Forbes magazine or, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and they were like, it'll cost you like three to 5,000. We're not sure what we can get you, but it could be a little blurb or something. And I remember being like, I got off the phone call with them. I'm like, yeah. And I contacted the editor of entrepreneur magazine. And I'm like, Hey, I got a story for you. And literally within 24 hours, he was like, sounds great. You want to write it? I see you're a writer wrote it, sent it to him. Within 10 days, I had my own article published in Entrepreneur. That's confidence. That's not. That is confidence. That's confidence. So you have to go out there. I am a great self-promoter. Do you know what I mean? And it's not, look at me, look at me. I mean, I'm not doing reels 24 hours a day, like video. Yeah, I mean, I'm not right? posting bikini pics. It's just, you have to be confident in your abilities and confident that you can handle pro. Now, the lucky thing was, is because we were a big platform, we were able to get really good guests. And I was able to interview people that I had loved forever and had inspired me. And that's just a dream come true for a podcaster. Once you get a couple of those, then your pitch to get other people on includes that list. And now they're more likely to go, oh, she interviewed Dr. Andrew Weil. Well, maybe she, do you see what I mean? You have right. to keep going off of the compound, the confidence is compounded. So if you're not willing to be a self-promoter, you're done. Unless you've got a multi-million dollar pool of people just doing stuff for you because you won the lottery, you just paid a bunch of people to make you famous. You can do that. Uh, that can happen, but you're not going to know your stuff. There's a, there's a person who was out there and you'd see ads for their stuff all the time on like YouTube and wherever. And I've met someone who worked for them and they said, they don't even know their own content. They were like, I think they were wealthy and just like put, get, got people on it to do the marketing. Wow. And then when yeah. they're interviewed, they don't even really know how to talk about their own content. They don't know so, their shit. Yeah. So, so that is really the name of the game for all of life is confidence from the bedroom to the boardroom, podcasting, being an entrepreneur, because everybody is going to project a lack of confidence onto you. Uh, I talk about this, like, uh, in your book, let's, you have yeah. a chapter. Let's talk about that. Confidence fuck. Yeah. So confident as fuck is a great book about ditching bad vibes, cleaning up your past and creating a new reality because confidence, the truth is that 80% of the world has an issue with self-esteem to some degree. And we know from studies that confident people are happier. They're also more successful. And it makes sense. We see failure as feedback. Okay. That's a very, back to paleo. It's a very ancestral thing. Confidence is your birthright. We lose it along the way when you're born and you're two years old. And then like the parent beats the crap out of you. Yeah. Okay. That's rough. You're going to grow up with some stuff there, but it's inherently within us. You cannot look back and imagine our hunter-gatherer ancestors when they didn't 
slay the beast that night and get food. Do you think that they were sitting around going, I don't know, Bob, do you think I should be a hunter? Like I didn't catch anything. And like, no, onward, upward, feedback, do it again, devise a new plan. It's not that they weren't disappointed. They didn't wallow in self-pity. That is a modern day luxury. Okay. They grew from that. Yeah. So we have to get back to that. You think they were crying when the water well was tainted and Joe died? They were like, come on, we got to go. We got to leave Joe here. We got to go find another water source. I mean, right. Life was rough, unrelenting and challenging. Now we don't want to go back to the human rights of hunter gatherer ancestors where you and I would be dragged into a cave probably. Uh, But at the end of the day, we need to get back to more of their mindset because it was truly like, that of learning from it. So as an entrepreneur, there's going to be people that are going to project a lack of confidence onto you. And it's probably going to be someone that's close to you. You're going to say to your mom, like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I'm like, well, you've never spoken publicly before. Right. You're going to get these freaking comments. I want to be a singer. You're no Celine Dion. You're going to get it. I get them. I got them. You know what I mean? And I write about that in uh, my second, um, my second book where I told a family member that Mark Sisson had agreed to publish my book and they go, well, now you're going to have to write it. The fuck kind of, I go, yeah, yeah, no. Congratulations would be nice. (laughs) I go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to write the book. Then, then I I write the book and they publish it. But before publishing Barnes and Nobles, you know, the publishing company, they see a little blurb about it and you go, Hey, do you want to buy this book? Right. Yeah. They bought like a thousand copies or something. And I went to the family member and I was like, oh, this is great. Barnes and Noble bought a bunch of copies. Here was their downer response. Well, that's kind of silly. Like, why would they buy a book and put it in their stores if they haven't read it yet? Okay. So you know what that's saying? Kind of, you know what that is? That's like kind of saying, well, that's dumb. What if it's terrible and they fucked up and now you're going to be embarrassed? Like, I mean, look at what that is, right? Now, this is a person who loves me and is well-meaning. Again, this is the kind of shit that just happens with people. So if you don't have the wherewithal and the confidence to deal with it, then either keep everything you're doing and shut it. Don't tell anyone because you can't handle it. Or be prepared because some of the people closest to you, I remember I was writing my first book, my best friend of 35 freaking years who loves me, who's supportive of me. Again, this comes from people, they don't, it just comes out. And he calls me one day and he's like, hey, are you writing your book? How far have you gotten along? Almost like a parent who is scared their kid's not going to like get the project done before school and kind of, and I just said, and this is, you know, why you need to be confident. I just said to him as my best friend of 35 years, I said, hey man, you're being a fucking downer right now. Okay. Just because you've never written a book. Okay. Just because you've never written anything. Don't be projecting that shit onto me. I know what I'm doing. I always finish what I start. You know me for 35 years and you know what? Over. He was like, he was like, you're right. My bad. I'm sorry. Over. That's another reason to be confident and have confident friends. It's a quick, Hey, right now. I didn't let it fester. I did not say anything. And then two years from now, we're having a conversation. I go, well, that one time you were unsupportive. This is a confidence thing and confident people are authentic and they tell it like it is. It doesn't mean we don't edit ourselves. If I'm at your mom's house for Thanksgiving and she says, do you like my sweater? And I don't, I'm going to say it looks great on her. Let's just, okay, we got some caveats, but for the most part, that's how you have to be. So when you are an entrepreneur, you are in an unbenchmark, unknown area that people don't get. They get when you're a doctor, they get when you're a lawyer, they get, they don't get the unknown, right? Or this precarious thing. And so you have to make your own benchmarks and you have to have a thick skin and realize that you can't share your ideas with the downers because they're going to come at you. And why even put the vibes there? Why even have to argue with it? And then secondly, like just be prepared because people are going to come up 
come up on you. 100%. Oh, thank you so much for really getting uh, elaborating on all that because it's so true. Everyone who's an entrepreneur is going to go through it and it is coming most likely the most from your family and closest friends who a maybe don't believe in you or they're projecting their own fears and insecurities. You know, you're yes. doing something in the unknown. What if it doesn't work? And you know, they're so um scared of anything bad happening that for you, when that's not even a maybe not even a fear of your own, or it could be, it probably is at one point or exactly. another. It's not. So they're projecting something on you. You're like, I'm not yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're they're scared that you're gonna take this leap of faith and or they're jealous that I don't know. This could be just me. Sometimes they could be jealous that, Hey, Holy shit. She's doing something I want to do, but I'm too fucking scared to. Oh, listen. I mean, that, that one of my things in my book, confidence fuck is you got to get rid of jealous people. If you sense jealousy, guess what? It's happening. Get them out. Cancel those fucking friends. You don't need them because those are the people that in their head and we've all done it, by the way, I'm guilty of this. Yeah. Okay. As friend, tells you about, friend tells you about an idea and you roll your eyes in your head and you're thinking, yeah, right. Good luck with that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we've all done it. You need to, you need to shut your shit down when that happens. You need to look at yourself afterwards and go, hold on a minute. Why do I want my friend to fail? Cause that's really what, that's really what you're doing. Like, why yeah. do I really want them to fail? I'm saying like, yeah, good, can't, can't wait till they're back and, you know, crawling back for whatever. You know what I mean? I, I give a great example and confident as fuck about a client of mine who was during a busy time, their assistant uh, quit and they love this assistant. But as they're mm -hmm. talking to me, they're like, Oh, you know, they got another job at another company. That's basically my position. I mean, they can't manage that many people. I mean, they might be able to manage a few, but you know, I don't know. They're just not going to work out. They'll, I, they'll probably be crawling back on their knees for their job back. Some kind of comment like that. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I go, you like this assistant. What if he goes and kicks ass and just becomes a rock star at a company? Wouldn't you want that for him? Don't you see your ego is just upset about the inconvenience of it? I go, but you have to change your mindset because then you're going to be walking around the office for the next two weeks. You don't think they're going to feel your vibes? They're palatable. They're palpable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, you can't hide the whole like, good luck with that shit. Like you can't. I said, so we, so we turned it around quickly and they were like, you're right. I don't know. I go, it's just ego. It's just ego right there. You want him to do, it turns out a year later, he did become a superstar at that company and kicked ass. And then it made that last two weeks so much better because they came from a place of, no, I really do want them to do well. I'm just kind of retaliating against the fact that they're leaving me at a time that's busy and all of that. A lot of this stuff is just in here. And if you, how do you know? Cause you don't feel right. Cause you don't feel shitty. Cause you feel judgy. And so you, you get off the phone with that person. You go, hold on a minute. No, you know what? So she's not that great of a singer, but she could get better. And at least she's pursuing her dream. And I hope she's successful. And if she's not, oh, well, but at least she's going for it. Like you have to talk yourself into the encouragement and others. And who wants a friend like that? Who want, when you are jealous of someone, you're hoping that they fail at the thing you're jealous of them for. That is going to backfire on your ass every time. I've never met a jealous person that's happy. They're constantly mm -hmm. miserable. And when they're over one thing, they're on to another thing. It's just low self-worth is what it is. You know what I mean? But I do suggest to people, look, if you feel your friends are jealous or whatever, or trying to, you, you got to get rid of these people. I'm just not, I don't 100. compete. You can't mm -hmm. have people that are trying to compete with you or that are kind of secretly hoping you fail. And that's what jealousy is. Absolutely. L, you honestly so confident in what you do. 
you talk about it in your book. Your book's all about it. I mean, one of your books. And what would you say your biggest piece of advice, um, tips for those listening today, for myself even, the fastest way to become confident? Yeah. I mean, it's something you have to work work on every day, I'm sure. But if you have any tips or pieces of advice, I'd love to hear it. You know, I think, I think it's, um, uh, 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 okay. So many, I mean, I wrote a whole book on it. There's lots of different, you know, ways to go about this. Um, getting rid of downers and jealous people in your life. Stop hanging out with these toxic fucking whatever's that are just downers. Okay. Just get rid of them or limit your contact with them. Do you need to talk to uncle Joe every week and have him upset you about the thing? Right. Also, once someone has expressed a lack of confidence onto you about a thing, stop trying to prove it to them. They're not going to come around. They probably never will. Even when you win Academy fucking award, they're still going to be there going, well, that's weird. You won the, I mean, there's going to be some, <laughs> like you're not going to change. It'll never people. be good enough. <laughs> It'll never be good enough. So, so start to share and move away from these downers and trying to prove them and get in arguments with them and start to move over to a group of people. I don't care if it's an online support group or a forum or something with supportive people or get a coach, whatever you need to do to encourage you along the way and keep your shit close to your vest. Both of my books never told anyone I was publishing them except for the publishers. Uh, I was the publisher of the second book, uh, other than my editor. I didn't three friends, maybe even knew the title, keep it locked. Then I came out with the people like, I had no idea you're working on it. And I'm like, exactly. The other thing is that ideas are not copyrightable. Now, what's interesting is after I, I wrote both books, um, a lot of people started coming out with stuff that was very similar to my thyroid book. And then also the confidence thing. I saw people yeah. starting to do confidence stuff. And I was like, ah, you know what? I'm glad to be at the beginning of it. Right. And also I don't compete with those people. Like they can come on my show, whatever. There's enough for everyone. So the other thing too, is within confidence, no matter what you're doing, entrepreneurship, authorship, podcasts, stop caring about how other people are doing with their stuff. And, you know, cause right. You judge it like, well, how are they so popular or how did they get, or it comparing. And, um, you just got to be good about what you're doing and feel happy about it and stop looking around. So, you know, I mean, comparison is bad. I would say the overall best way to become confident is to get into it. I also offer like the lowest cost confidence course called the ultimate confidence course that anyone can take. It's 15 hours long. It's me giving you like real juicy specific examples, a couple like I've given here. And that can really help you or just buy the audiobook for my book, which is narrated by me. Um, and that's your cheapest option right there. But um, I've got to do it every morning. Course. Yeah. I mean, it, it has helped so many people and the truth is, is that confidence is not an anchored quality within you. It is the sum of the actions you take and the thoughts that you think. Both of those things are controllable by you, but it takes attending to and working on it. You know what I mean? And so I, the reason I got into this is because, and as you can tell with my personality already, people would come to me through this throughout my life. However, as a very confident alpha female, they also, these less confident people had something to give to me. This was not a one-way oracle. I'm, you know, <laughs> promoting. They were, people who might be less confident are usually a little bit diplomatic, more diplomatic. They wait until they maybe have something to say versus someone who's pretty confident might be like, oh, well, you know what? And like need to think before they speak or be careful on the send. 
The other thing too, is that usually those people who are less confident, sometimes they are better at receiving. They're better at receiving compliments where really ultra confident people are bad at delegating um, or bad at receiving things. You know, we're not as approachable or available. Let's say, I mean, I am now, but I'm just talking in general. We're not as accessible. Some of these other people are very accessible. So I found it a very like symbiotic relationship with some of these people who were coming to me for the confidence. I also learned some tips from them too. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, if, do you find that a lot of the people who aren't very confident are the ones who are kind of blowing out of proportion what they're going to do or what they've done, or just like a lot louder and, and, and yeah, projecting so what they're the doing. Yeah. So some of the most confident people are the quietest people in the room. Don't there we go. ever get tricked by that. One of my best friends, ultra confident but he's very quiet. So he'd be at a party, let's say in the, uh, maybe standing in the corner of the room, like, you know, with the drink watching and someone might look over and go, Oh, that poor guy's all alone. No, feel sorry for him. He's having a great time. He's having a great time. Uh, silence can be confident. So sometimes people who are a little bit quieter feel offended by the word confident because they think it needs to be this outward display. Absolutely mm, not. Like ego. Yeah. Now we know that that's not confident because when someone's out there boasting and bragging, it usually feels kind of gross. And the reason is, is because it's fucking insecure as shit. Mm -hmm. If you have to tell me all these things about you, then you really care. And you're trying to get me, you're trying to like, like, that's not confidence. A confident person would let someone discover that about them unless we're on an interview and we're talking about it. Right. Right, Remember one time I was at a party and I talked with someone for quite a while and then I don't know, later on, they came back to me the party. They go, I just found out you were like a best-selling author and da 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 They're like, you didn't say anything during our conversation. And I was like, what? Why would I? Like, you didn't ask. I'm just asking you questions. Like, I don't care. I don't need that. This is, someone asked me once, an esthetician used to do my facials. She said, you know, I was thinking about you because I went to this party and I, I, I walked in and I felt, I had to go alone and I felt so awkward. And I just, was that. and she said, I thought, to myself, oh, I bet Elle doesn't ever really deal with this. I wonder how Elle feels when she walks into a room. And without hesitation, I said, I walk into every fucking room like I own it. Now, I want to clarify that. I don't mean that as in like, I'm going to go take over the room. It means that when I walk into a party by myself, let's say, or a restaurant by myself, I don't care if you know about my resume. Don't care. Don't care if you talk to me. I'm either there to learn about someone. Maybe I'll have an interesting time. I'm just there curious. I don't care that people are looking at me or not looking at me. I'm not there to prove myself to anyone. That's owning a room. Do you know what I mean? Um, Now, the boastful, the cocky, that kind of stuff, that's a little bit like thou doth protest too much. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it can be a little fake. And also there's people that talk about like imposter syndrome, which I don't have, but I understand what it is. I'm sure there's probably been moments of it. Um, the way to get rid of that is to become confident and have self-esteem within yourself. Because look, I've done a million interviews. Uh, I fucked up on some of them. Like I haven't been, haven't been the best, you know, but I don't re-listen to it and then go, oh, I'm so bad. I just go, ah, well, you can't win them all. Yeah. All right. So it was a rough one. Okay. Well, I got the information out. Maybe I didn't seem friendly or like whatever the thing is, right? We all have a day. So um, I also have, by the way, I have a free confidence masterclass. It is 90 minutes of me talking about confidence. I mean, you don't even have to pay for my course to go get some juicy information that's going to like start to spark the wheels, you know? This is incredible. Yeah. Elle, honestly, I wish my episodes were longer. 
everything you talked about today, so full of value. And it's so important to get on top of being confident, especially in, in your entrepreneurial journey really. And, you know, thank you for covering that for us today. And I want to give you the next couple minutes here just to add any bits and pieces that maybe you didn't have a chance to talk about in regards to what you have to offer, anything coming up, that kind of thing. And I know you mentioned a couple things, but now is your time. And then of course, the best way to go ahead and reach out to you for those that are looking to connect. Sure. Everything is at lrust.com and you can click on free stuff and that's where you'll find the free masterclasses or free guides. You can click on courses there. You can coach with me privately if you want, and I'll also have two online courses. So everything is at lrust.com. My podcast is every Tuesday, I release an episode, uh, some solo episodes and then some with guests. And so I do a hybrid there. Listen, I've got a, you can go to freeconfidencemasterclass.com. You can go to freethyroidmasterclass.com. Either subject, it's right there. I mean, one of the things that I think is very important in entrepreneurship is I, this, what really bothered me is when I would interview people and they weren't giving me specifics. And I'd be like, tell, like, I know you got a book, man, but give me something. It's too base. And I used to hate that with thyroid authors. That's why when I'm being interviewed about thyroid, I'm like, here's the list of tests you need to get. You don't have to buy my book to go find this test. I also give a free thyroid guide, free information, give people some juicy stuff to let them know how you are at handling that topic and how you might coach about it. But also that's just goodwill. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I don't, a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, you probably know this already, but you've got to usually have like a free opt-in. You've got to have something that you're giving of value to people to get them in on your email list. If you want to sell them the other a slight thing there. And I know it's sort of going off topic here, but I'm not a fan of the um, like belligerent marketing. Like I would never email my people and go, so you're still okay with being fat, haven't fixed your thyroid, like that kind of stuff. So I'm very particular about like, I don't want to like bombard. I want to, you know, and so if you do join my email list, I don't abuse it. I send out, you know, I have a blog where I have a mindset article every week and a mindset and a health article, like alternating weeks. And um, so, yeah, so go to lrust.com, join the newsletter or check out one of the free masterclasses because they both have videos just going through and it's pretty substantial. L, thank you so much for today. This has been absolutely incredible, um, honestly. So thank you for taking the time out of your day. You guys, everybody listening, go check out LRust and check out the freebies. Like, honestly, who's not going to take advantage of learning how to be more confident for free? Get the juice, you guys. So Thank you so much, L. Russ, for coming on today. And you're just an incredible rock star. And I'm so grateful to have had you on my show. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you are an entrepreneur looking to come on the show, talk about the podcast, talk about a little bit about the journey and your business, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, Al. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, 
download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.